0: This is Greater Together, a podcast for and about entrepreneurs and community builders in Columbus, Ohio, aimed at demystifying what it takes to build a better business. I'm Rachel Kershaw. I'm here today speaking with Adam Morris of Wild Tiger Tees. So Adam, do you want to tell me a little bit more about Wild Tiger Tees?
1: Yeah, uh, Wild Tiger Tees is a social enterprise that started back in 2018 out of an event called Give Back Hack. I had kind of fallen into a place in my life where I wanted to Start something that was a little bit more meaningful, and didn't know where to begin. And so I uh, started a podcast to explore what other people were doing, and kind of discovered our social enterprise community here in Columbus, which led me to talk to Ann Bishop, the CEO of the Star House, uh, which is a drop-in center for youth experiencing homelessness. I was just really struck by what they do. They they have a great facility. Uh, they get a thousand to fifteen hundred youth coming through their doors every year. And she mentioned wanting to start a work program inside the Star House. And so I had this idea and I didn't know what to do. So I, I took it to Get Back Hack and I pitched an idea for a work program at the Star House. And we cranked away over the weekend at Get Back Hack and walked away with uh, Wild Tiger Tees, which is a screen printing company for youth experiencing homelessness. At least that's how it started. So
0: and full disclosure, these days, you and I have both been organizers for Give Back Hack because it's such a great way to get a social enterprise started. Just in general, what does social enterprise really mean to you? Like, how would you define that business model? Yeah,
1: I I think a social enterprise is a business that is centered around the impact that they're making. So that impact is core to uh, the reason the business exists, but they're using some business activity to fund it. So separate from a, a nonprofit or a charity where they are relying on donations to run their program, a social enterprise has a business component to it of some service or product that is helping to generate revenue.
0: That answers sort of my next question. Uh, How did you legally set it up? Because social enterprise isn't a legal entity. So what did you do legally? Did you just make a LLC or did you go full-on nonprofit?
1: Yeah, when we started, um, we it as simple as we could. So we set up an LLC, which has its benefits and it's there's pluses and minuses to everything. Um, I think for, for ease of starting out, an LLC has a lot less oversight and requirements around running it. So it was just easier for a group of us to set up an LLC. Easier
0: than other business model, like other for-profit models or easier than a nonprofit? Easier than a, a nonprofit, just because I know I
1: don't know that much about nonprofits. Except that you know, there's there's more reporting. You have a board that kind of oversees, and we were kind of a loose group of people, and we wanted to start this project. Right? We didn't need any grant money, so like in terms of funding, funding, I think often dictates what kind of business model a company should be. Right? So if if you're looking to raise money through grants and things like that, then yeah, you you want to be a nonprofit. Um, I think if you are looking for investment from a venture capital track, then you want to be a for-profit business. We didn't really have a lot of capital needs, right? Screen printing, the fixed costs are pretty low. Starhouse was our partner and they were providing the facilities. So we really have very little overhead costs for our business model. And we could set up a, our work programs to be highly variable cost dependent, right? So we go in, we get an order for t-shirts, we schedule a session, go in and work with the youth. Um, over how many, how much time that needs. So very simple business model for screen printing. So, yeah.
0: So I think one of the downsides potentially to going for-profit is the taxes, right? Like nonprofits don't get taxed and for-profits do. Uh, I guess, does this pay well? Is there is there a lot of profit to write off at the end of the year?
1: No. Um you know at the time screen printing was fun because it was very hands on and creative right something that that we could do that we could teach the youth get them to work together in a in a team give them those kind of leadership experiences while still having a, a place where we could have a conversation so it kind of fulfilled our needs for running a work program but as a business model a screen printing company isn't a great business that can scale and grow and employ a lot of people, right? So we, through running our work, we've never taken any money out of the business. 50% of our profits go back to the star house. Um, and the other 50% we've, we've kept to grow wild tiger teas. But, you know, our profits have been on the order of, you know, about 5,000 a year, 2,000 to 5,000 a year, which, you know, it's not enough to pay a salary or or really hire somebody to help expand our program.
0: Do you think there's things you could do that would result in there being full-time employees someday?
1: Yeah, I I think we need a a, a big shift in what we're doing and, and how we're doing it. So I think my vision for Wild Tiger Tees is introducing new and different products, which are less intensive. Um, we're the youth can earn skills and then have partnerships with other uh, other companies that want to hire them once they've reached a certain level of, I guess, I guess that, that mastery over a certain skill.
0: Nice. Do you think there's other businesses in Columbus today already that they should go work for? Or are you looking for Wild Tiger Tees to sort of have a job they can graduate into?
1: Um, I've often seen Wild Tiger Tees as a, a piece of the puzzle.
0: You know, the youth that we work with... We
1: work with them at different stages, right? So if you look at the Star House, they're getting people kind of between eighteen and twenty-four. They they take people uh, as young as fourteen, but our work programs kind of eighteen and over. And in that sense, they're so transient; they can't really get into other other work programs that would give them good jobs. They can find jobs at McDonald's and warehouses, uh, really low-paying jobs, but they last in those jobs a, a few weeks to a, a month or so and then they get fired or you know they, they don't pay well so they just don't show up anymore because there's no incentive. We also work with youth at the Carol Stewart Village, which is a, a project the Star House started where they they bought an old Motel 6 and turned it into 60 units of transitional housing. So there the youth have a little bit more stability and are getting other services, learning how to live in a space, manage their their finances. What we found is when the youth are at that level, that extra stability really helps. It also qualifies them for other work programs uh, like Columbus Works and, and things like that. But sometimes they even struggle getting through other established programs. So I think Wild Tiger Tees is kind of an introductory program that helps just really set expectations for how to work in a work environment. And gets those conversations going. Which is
0: really important.
1: Yeah, very important. I mean, if you look at uh, the, the youth that we work with, they're fantastic. But growing up, you know, I, I can't say I haven't had any more clue than any of the youth that we worked with about how to, you know, get started in, in my life. And I had my parents basically being like, no, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. <laughs> I had really good role models. And you see that that's not there either, coming from generational poverty or running away from bad situations, or situations where they've been kicked out of their house. Uh, just a lot of really tough things to deal with, um, and they they don't have that really good strong peer network of being able to talk about what they are are going through and figuring it figuring it out. So I think Wild Tiger Tease is a great kind of first landing zone for creating those conversations and that level of support and and helping helping get them to that next step and connecting them to the the right program.
0: That's awesome. It does sound like whatever you're doing does cover all the costs without having to ask for grants, which I think, as you mentioned, is sort of the key, the cornerstone of a social enterprise. that's mostly focused on the impact side of things like Wild Tiger Teases. So who's actually footing the bill? What kind of businesses does Wild Tiger Teas work with or people? Yeah, um, we work with a lot of local companies, uh, events, typically, Think of it,
1: events where they're ordering between 25 to 100 T-shirts, right? That was our typical model, um, which includes churches. It includes um, get other hack. social, give back hack, other social enterprises in town. And for a while, you know, our founding team had five people. We all were doing this as a side hustle. So we were able to sustain um, two to three work programs a week just with our local network of, of people that we were connected to
0: just other businesses interested in the social good, trying to support someone else in that space, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, kind of post-pandemic, um, a few things that we've learned is one, it's when when life gets busy, that's really hard to run as a social enterprise, um, kind of a side hustle. It's also hard to grow, right? It's, it's hard to grow and not be working full-time when you can't earn a salary from it. So, I think what we're looking for now is like different ways that we can run the work program, generate products that earn enough to hire additional people to oversee the programs where we could actually scale
0: it. So you are looking to move to a model that actually has sustained permanent employees and stuff.
1: Yeah. uh, Their t-shirt screen printing is largely on hold just from the complexities of getting it running and that momentum going. So we have been exploring new products. I I ran a sustainable innovation lab over the summer to come up with new products. It was super exciting. Which was really cool. Yeah, we worked with some of the youth and some people from the community. um, And we just, we looked at other eco-friendly ideas. I'm very passionate about sustainability and curious kind of what other sustainable, reusable, upcycled products we could create with the youth. And we got very excited about paper. We, uh, we, we learned how easy it is to actually take old paper, put it in a blender, make a pulp out of it, and make new paper. And uh, so we, we've been prototyping making these these journals. Um, yeah, I remember you handing those out at Give Back Act. They're super cute. They're, they're very fun. And, and the paper's that kind of fun, artsy, crafty paper that has a textured peel to it. And it's the kind of thing that would work well in a work program, Like it's hard to mess up. It's easy to do quality control. If something goes wrong, you just scrape off the paper, put it back in the water, and do it again. You know, so that's like one idea that we're we're playing with. Uh, the economics are, you know, if we we can create products that are about a dollar per sheet of paper. We can cover the cost of of the work program. Nice, but that's a new model for us that that we're looking at. And then there's a lot of products with old wood that uh, we want want to try. Um, but we haven't figured out how to incorporate that to the work program.
0: That sounds exciting. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with there. On the social enterprise front, clearly you have a, a day job separate from this, but you've got the podcast, you've got Wild Tiger Tees, you've got the Innovation Lab. Do you have Do you have more companies beyond that?
1: <laughs> I, I wish.
0: Um, yeah,
1: I'm looking uh, to leave my my day job uh, next next year. So I'll be leaving, leaving my day job at the end of March um, and transitioning into social enterprise full time. I'm, I'm very passionate about helping people start uh, new social enterprises. So I want to build and kind of strengthen the ecosystem around getting new people into our social enterprise community, because a lot of people still don't know what a social enterprise is.
0: Exactly why we're having this conversation. So they'll be right? more people to hear it. Yeah.
1: And I've noticed this with, with uh, you know, get back hack and see changes like they have great ideas and great people coming there. But how can we get more people into this ecosystem? I, I really believe that social enterprise is a new way of doing business that's going to transform how we operate in the world, right? So if you look at the traditional business model, you know, capitalism has done great things and and bad things, but it's, there's a mindset around, hey, I need to get a job and earn all this money and that's how you know i measure the success in my life and what i found in the social entrepreneurship community is like there's this other dimension of like i'm doing this because right it's kind of idea of having a purpose driven company and a purpose driven life a purpose driven life but it's just really fulfilling like when i'm working with the youth and having conversations with you know like i i just feel really energized and i love that and i found that from a lot of these different businesses is that it's, it's bringing people together and collaborating because all of a sudden they care about something uh, together. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot of dark stuff mm-hmm. you know, in our community, but when we come together and, and chip away at it, it's really fun and it's really invigorating. And yet it's like, you still need to ne- earn an income at the end of the day, right? And have a livelihood. So is there a way to marry these two together? And I think that's you know, the magic of social entrepreneurship. And I, you know, I meet so many people and they want to start their own thing. And it's like, hey, can we actually bring people together, launch new social enterprises and, and transform how people approach their, their work and their livelihood while solving all these tricky social issues that we have?
0: Absolutely. So you're leaving the day job. So that means you definitely have ideas about how this social enterprise life could uh, cover your bills or or cover your financial needs at this point in your life. Do you think that any business could be a social enterprise or do you think it has to be certain kinds of businesses? Because obviously people are getting paid to do screen printing, right? Like people are living their lives off of doing that. It's possible, but can you do it? Can every business do it and and still make an impact as well?
1: Yes and no. I mean, I think one, you have to have the the desire and the motivation right so i think if you know you're working in a company and the leadership is like no we're focused on profits you're going to be a hard time turning that into a social enterprise also if you're for a public company right there there's laws around maximizing your share shareholder value sure we you know we don't have <laughs> laws in ohio protecting against being a, a purpose-driven public company yep so being a private company where you know it's coming from the top that yes, we want to be a social enterprise, yes, I think you can. Um, same thing on the nonprofit front. I think for the nonprofits, they have that impact yep. built into, into what they're doing. And I think the question there is, does a a business model add or subtract from fulfilling their mission, right? Right. So, you know, if you look at a traditional homeless shelter, yeah, they could start a business um, that is generating revenue to help support that that homeless shelter. That might be more of a distraction from running the the their services than actually helping support that. So, I think that's that's a question there, and the mindset, right? I think quite often in the nonprofit world, there's just a different mindset of going out and getting grant money. There's a, a different rhythm and a different cycle. Which is very different from running a business, right? And so I think there's challenges there of bringing those together. And you really need somebody who's who can bring in that innovation and that freedom to have that business grow in the right way inside of a nonprofit for for that to be successful. But I think they work anywhere, right? I think anything can be a social enterprise that that wants to be that's not a public company which has other obligations,
0: yeah, yeah. no that's a a good point that I think a lot of people miss as a publicly traded company, unless you are a benefit corporation, which we don't have here in Ohio, it can actually go against the law to do impactful work at the expense of the bottom line. Um, and I think that's an important thing for people to understand. But of those public companies, right, some of the ones that have maybe a bad reputation for not being the shiny examples of what capitalism could do for good, is there is there a Client, you would turn down. Like, would you? Would you, as a social enterprise, not work with somebody because of uh, what kind of company they were or what kind of person they were? Yeah, I I think that that's.
1: If you look at your power as a, a consumer, whether you're a business consuming other businesses' services or consumer businessing, ugh, uh, consumer consuming things from stores, when you can learn about, you know, the impact that a company is making. Um, then you can direct your dollars, and I think that helps create social change. As a social enterprise, you know, if you are, are running a company that is, you know, working to alleviate housing, would you work with somebody who's who's you know making the housing market, you know, more difficult? Probably not, right? And I think ethically as well, you might look at other dimensions of social impact, right? So oh, there's so much going on in the sustainability world and. You know, companies where it's like, hey, you know, if you don't change your practice, it's going to damage the world in ways that, you know, we'll have even more problems. So being able to vet that out and do that, keeping your ears open, I think goes a long way.
0: And then on the flip side of that, I feel like, uh, like you said, there's a lot of social enterprise organizations here, Give Back Hack, that we've both been a big part of, but also Sea and other things. Like, what kind of support have you gotten? Like, how much? Uh, how easy was it or how hard was it? And and what was different because of these things? Like who was helpful and, and how helpful was it?
1: Yeah. As, uh, you know what? Columbus is a very unique city in terms of social entrepreneurship. The community that we have here is probably one of the strongest in the nation. Um, I've seen other communities like this in Austin, Texas and in Portland, Oregon, but they're not as common as uh, they should be. And I, I think there's kind of four main drivers to that. One is, it's it's like a a sports team when you have like a farm team that can feed a professional team. Having an organization like Give Back Hack that gets fresh blood in um, where people might not know about social enterprise, but they want to have a fun weekend. They come together and they work on these great ideas for a social enterprise. And a surprising number of them actually launch, right? That I think is is really cool of getting new people in and new ideas. Quite often they're small ideas, small side hustles. But they get those wheels turning and people understanding, hey, here's how I can start a business and collaborate with other people. And then programs like SeaChange change are incredibly helpful for that really early stage uh, company that's getting off the ground to build those connections with the community, really do a deeper dive into their business plan and understand... You know what barriers they need to overcome and get get the support that they need, right? And then we have social ventures here in Columbus, which connects a lot of social enterprises. We have the Tony Wells Foundation um, and the Columbus Foundation, which I think the Columbus Foundation gets so much credit for building this community here in in Columbus because um, they were one of the you know if you go back to two thousand eight when Emily mm-hmm. Savers was you know, directing her funding to social enterprises because they just didn't have a lot of funding, right, At the, when, when the markets crashed and It really kick-started so much. But the community is also very supportive. Like, people work together. Um, I've gotten feedback from Kenny Seitz over at Roosevelt, uh, John Rush at Clean Turn. And people have just made time to sit down and talk to me um, about, you know, what I could do and, and how I could improve. So that is really refreshing. I think there's a kind of a support around that social enterprise community that really helps foster new social enterprises. The other thing that it does is it it raises awareness of what's going on. if If I look at the work that social Ventures has done, just sharing, you know, the marketplace and connecting people, like I've learned about other social enterprises um, where I can go and shop and spend my money and support because I care about the work that they're doing, even if it's not going to be my you know maybe it's not my core passion but i know i can support that with my consumer dollars and do some good just by doing the regular things that i do
0: yeah i do think that's a great thing about columbus almost anybody will will sit and talk with just about anybody else that's trying to do some good or do something interesting even um i think i think even across the business side of things people in columbus are incredibly helpful and supportive. Um, And I do think the network has been growing quite a bit, especially on the social enterprise side of the number of people and organizations that have, you know, a good track record and can help you kick things off. I mean, how long do you think it would have taken for Wild Tiger Tees to go from you had this idea that you wanted to do something to help Star House to a sustainable screen printing business without Give Back Hack?
1: Without Give Back Hack, I would have been totally stuck just spinning wheels in my head. I think not having launched something—it's intimidating. Very diffi- it's intimidating, right? You you don't know what you don't know, and when you're in a silo with with yourself, your ideas just aren't that great. It's hard to get out and actually talk to people, validate your idea. What I learned from Give Back Hack is that you don't have to do it alone. When you have a group of people come together with different backgrounds people all have something to contribute and different ideas that collectively make something actually really fascinating. One of our uh, co-founders, Catherine, was an art teacher, and she was a friend of ours, and we said, hey, we're going to give back hack. And she was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll come along. And she told me at one point that it never crossed her mind that she could be an entrepreneur. She was an art teacher, and it's just not something that she would do because yeah, she didn't have a business degree, sure. a lot of risk, it's all this. But it turns out she was one of the most valuable people for our work program, because she knew how to work with young kids. Absolutely. And you know, even though our, our, you know, the, the group that we work with is a little bit older, like having that discipline of being able to understand where they need feedback, uh, what kind of structure to put in place um, was actually critical right, to, to launching this. And so I think everyone has skills from what they've done through their life that's valuable in starting a social enterprise, but they might not have all the answers. Like I didn't have all the answers. So coming together as a group, you can figure stuff out and you can connect and and fill in the the gaps where where you need them.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like season one of this podcast was entirely about don't do it by yourself, like bring in other people who care about what you care about sooner rather than later in order to be more successful. Um, but I think when it's a purpose-driven thing like this, there's even more humans that want, you know, a little purpose, a little impact. And and there's events like Give Back Hack to help bring those people together. It's been great talking to you. Is there anything coming up on the horizon for Wild Tiger Tees that you want to make sure we know about?
1: Yeah, um, we're really going to continue next year just developing new um, ideas around this. So I'm I'm launching a, a Kickstarter card deck January 16th is, is our launch date, with ideas of how to start a social enterprise and examples of other social enterprises. Um, and we're gonna pair that with a hundred day challenge to develop a, a social uh, enterprise idea. So That's we're gonna awesome. use this as a platform for, for expanding on um, and testing kind of what ideas. So over hundred days breaking down into small bite-sized chunks of like, hey, here's that ideation phase and applying that design thinking Process where you're actually building a test, going out and getting feedback, revising your idea, um, and filling in you know, the, the different pieces of a business model canvas over 100 days to say, hey, here's, here's an actually well thought out idea that has some validation to it. And help that. get people on to give back hack and see change in the next step. So, really excited about that.
0: That sounds amazing. So if people want to stay up to date on what's going on with Wild Tiger Teas and find this 100 day challenge in 2023, where can they go? They can uh,
1: go and visit uh, wildtigertees.com or peoplehelpingpeople.world. We'll have the challenge and the Kickstarter up on peoplehelpingpeople.world.
0: Sounds amazing. Thank you again so much for all of your time today.
1: I love it. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for listening. Visit greatertogetherpodcast.com for more episodes, to recommend a guest or to leave feedback. Greater Together is brought to you by Greater Columbus Consulting. Greater Columbus Consulting specializes in social enterprises, nonprofits that wanna capitalize on their strengths and for-profit businesses that are working towards a higher purpose.